the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, good morning, everyone. Hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. If you are tuning in with us, this is Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al Fadi. And uh, as always, we are so glad that you are a partner with us all the time, that you are listening to us, that you are interacting with us. We receive many of your comments and emails. And also, uh, we want to encourage you to even share this podcast with as many people as you can, because I'm always hearing from people that they either didn't know that I'm doing this podcast or at least didn't know how to access it. So your help in doing that is greatly appreciated. Today's topic is going to be about Ramadan or fasting in Islam. And basically, what I wanted to address here is what does uh, Islam say about uh, fasting in general? As you know, every year... Our Muslim friends basically will celebrate a month known as the month of Ramadan. And this month is when Muslims all over the world basically will fast from sunrise until sunset. And the fasting will entail uh, the fact that the person uh, will not actually eat or drink or, um, you know, chew gum or smoke and refrain also from many other things. If they're married, of course, they cannot have any kind of, uh, you know, hugging your wife or kissing your wife or any even relationship with your wife during the fasting hours. So it's not like a 24-hour fast, not at all. Like I said, it's from sunrise. From sunrise until sunset, uh, from sunrise until sunset. And uh, the interesting thing about Ramadan is that you would assume that Ramadan will be uniform in terms of when it starts and when it finishes as a month. So for instance, this year, some countries, Islamic countries, declared that the first day of Ramadan is on May 5th. Other countries declared that the first day would be May 6th the next day, so either the 5th or the 6th. So that might cause you to be puzzled. And your question would be, I thought Ramadan is Ramadan and all Muslims have to observe it. That is true. But the problem is, they are bound by the fact that someone has to see the crescent. The beginning of the month is usually in the uh, Islamic calendar is a loner calendar. 
So the month starts and finishes based on the moon itself. You see the crescent, that means the moon, the new moon, I should say, that's, that means the new month. And when the moon disappears, that's the end of the month, and the cycle continues. Now, Muslims don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the other 11 months as much as they would pay attention to the month of Ramadan, its beginning and its end, because its beginning mean means to them that they have to start fasting, because if they don't start fasting, they will earn bad deeds uh, for violating that. Not only that, if you are not fasting during the month of Ramadan as a Muslim, you're obliged now to try to make up for the days that you did not fast. And also there is a punitive uh, uh, damage, if you wish, that you have to pay, which is to feed another person. And there is a debate whether it's one person or multiple people. In other words, when you feed them, you kind of like atone for that sin of not fasting. Now, Islam does also acknowledge that a person could be traveling, and when they're traveling, they are unable uh, to fast uh, because of that travel, weaknesses maybe. It uh, could be illness. It could be old age. It could be a surgery, uh, maybe a, uh, a, a, a mother giving birth uh, to a child. All of that is, is definitely discussed and, and addressed. So you can make up for that at a later time. But at the same time, during the month of Ramadan, you are asked to feed someone, at least someone, on your behalf. Now, I'm not going to get into that side of things because this substitutionally atonement is kind of interesting, if you wish. We'll talk about that at a later time, uh, maybe in a, a couple of more podcasts from now. But what I wanted to um, you know, bring to your attention is that the start of the month and the finish of the month doesn't necessarily mean it's uniform everywhere. And that's kind of a puzzling thing, if you wish. Because when you look at festivals, when you look at, for instance, festivals in the Old Testament, okay? Um, you know, obviously, the Old Testament does have a lot of festivals. Uh, the Old Testament teaches, uh, uh, basically, that the Jews have multiple holidays. In fact, there are seven of those holidays. And you go to Leviticus chapter 23, and it lists those holidays for you one by one. You know, you have the Passover, for instance, is mentioned. The Feast of the First Fruits uh, is mentioned. Uh, you have the uh, Feast of the Weeks is mentioned. You have the Feast of the Trumpets is mentioned. You have the Day of Atonement that is mentioned uh, typically in Leviticus, for instance, 16. Um, and also, uh, uh, you know, in there as well. Uh, here is what's going on. When you look at these festivals in the Bible there is usually a very precise and specific date, a precise and a specific date as to when such festivals must start and what is the practice uh, during uh, that time and who does what. And uh, there is many uh, minutia details sometimes that are given to you. Why? Because it's extremely important that the people of God obey this command, number one. Number two, for them to observe it exactly the way it is required of them. And number three, receive the grace of God in return. Sometimes these festivals has to do with uh, maybe atonement of sin. And therefore, if they really want to receive that atonement, the forgiveness of sin, then they have to do it 
specifically the way God dictated. Let's look, for instance, at the uh, Sabbath. I mean, the Sabbath, believe it or not, is a celebration that is done on a weekly basis. I mean, here is what Leviticus, for instance, 23, verse 3 says. Six days shall work be done, okay? But on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest. So, specifically, work is permitted for six days, but then there is a day of rest. That's the Sabbath day, I mean, in a Jewish holiday, in the calendar. It's known as the Yom, uh, you know, Sabbath, uh, uh, the Sabbath day, uh, that's the name, really, of it. And in the Arabic calendar, Islamic calendar, is called Sept. It's, it's getting, you know, its origin from that name as well. So you work the other six days, but that day, now you have to have a day of rest. Specific, very specific. The Jewish people, by the way, the people of God were punished, actually, for refusing to honor this and for almost 490 years, rejected God's command for the Sabbath, and they were selling and buying and doing a lot of work in that day. And as a punishment, they were sent into exile for 70 years to make up for that. Then you get the Passover, for instance. Also in Leviticus 23, verse 4, it says, These are the appointed feasts. Notice the word appointed specific feasts, okay? These are the appointed feasts of the Lord, okay? The holy convocations, okay, which you shall proclaim at the time appointed for them. You see, there is specific time and a specific festival or a feast that has to be honored because it's the Lord who is dictating it. Look at what it says about the Passover in verse 5, Leviticus 23, verse 5. In the first month, okay, so you know which month now. On the 14th day of the month, now you know which day, okay? At twilight, now you know which time. Yet when it comes to Ramadan, it is actually left up to the person, an eyewitness. If this eyewitness person sees the crescent, then the whole community and sometimes the whole country and oftentimes the whole region ends up basically starting the fast. Or if one person or more than one person witness the end of the month, then everybody will stop fasting the next day and they begin what is called the celebration or Eid al-Fitr, the breaking of the fast, basically. That is kind of like interesting, isn't it? Because this is yet another proof that everything about Islam is a man-made. It's up to a human being to decide when the month would start and when the month would end. What if somebody has really a double vision? What if someone really uh, thought they saw the moon? Believe it or not, this did take place, I believe, in 2011 when uh, someone thought they saw the moon when it was Saturn, actually. And uh, people began to fast as a result of this. Uh, and the government of Saudi Arabia paid a hefty restitution, monetary restitution. It was voluntary on their part, by the way, uh, because they wanted to atone for the fact that, you know, they uh, missed up the beginning and the end of the month as a result of this. So those things are, hap uh, you know, bound to happen. But when you have a specific calendar, a specific month, a specific day and a specific time, Everything will really play out totally different. 
Look at the other festival that is le- mentioned in Leviticus 23, for instance, the, the one that is called the Feast of First Fruits. In verse 9, Leviticus 23, verse 9, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Notice? So you're given specific duty now. You bring your first fruit and you bring it to who? To the priest who intercede on your behalf. And the priest here in verse 11, and he, meaning the priest, shall wave the chief before the Lord. Okay, so he is now interceding on behalf of the people. Why is he doing this? So that you may be accepted. You see the outcome? If you do it this way, then may the Lord accept your offering now. And on the day after the Sabbath, when would this happen? The day after the Sabbath, meaning the first day of the week. Okay, the first day of the week. And it's kind of interesting because at another podcast, I'd like to tell you now how many of these, if not all of them, tie into Christ. How they were a shadow, as the book of Hebrews says. They were a shadow of the things to come. How Christ himself is the ultimate fulfillment of every one of these feasts. So when would the priest do this? On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Again, very specific. Let's look at another one. The Feast of Weeks. This is on Leviticus 23, verse 15. Once again, the Lord is speaking to Moses. You shall count seven full weeks. Notice how specific it is. You shall count seven full weeks. Now you're going to say, okay, from what? When would I start to count? Good question. You shall count seven full weeks from the day after the Sabbath. Okay? From the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering. Now it's tied to another feast. So you know that the Feast of Weeks is tied to the Feast of First Fruits because that's when you do this. And when would it take place? The day after you have done the Feast of the First Fruits. You count seven weeks, basically, full weeks, and then you can celebrate this because the Feast of Weeks is known also as the Feast of the Pentecost or 50 days. Okay? You see how Jesus also was a fulfillment of that when we were receiving the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, for instance. So you can see how things will tie together. So why am I, uh, you know, bringing these issues uh, back again uh, to the forefront here when it comes to Ramadan? Because as I said, it is virtually impossible for Muslims all over the world to start the month on time together and to finish the month on time together. Sometimes the fasting can be 30 days. Sometimes the fasting could be 29 days. If a mistake was done, do you think this was the only time in the history of Islam that such mistake was done? That tells us that mistakes like this have happened many times. That means people could have fasted when they shouldn't have and could have broken the fast when they shouldn't have. Therefore, a religion that is based on works and good deeds is heavily dependent on man to decide when you can earn good deeds and when 
you can basically stop the fasting. Now, why is the fasting a big deal? Because it's one of the five pillars of Islam. That's one big deal about it. In fact, it is considered to be the main duty for any Muslim. If you accept Islam or if you're born a Muslim, at a certain age when you are the age of accountability, you are required now to start praying daily. You are required to start fasting. There is, there is additional fasting that could be done during the year, by the way. Those are voluntary fasting if you want to earn more good deeds and if you want to mimic what the Prophet of Islam has done and encouraged. But we're talking about the month of Ramadan. You are mandated to do so. Failure to do so can be punished whether here or specifically on the day of judgment. That's why you have to atone for the days that you have missed. That you have to refrain from even bad thoughts. You know, some schools of Sharia will say, if you have a bad thought, that can negate. If you swallow your saliva, that can negate. If you use a cuss word or even uh, get angry, that can negate. I mean, it's not easy. It's not that just, uh, uh, you know, uh, an easy act. And obviously... Uh, the fact that you don't know if you're starting it uh, on the right day and finishing it on the right day and you're dependent on somebody out there seeing it and this somebody could have mistaken the moon with another planet as the case uh, was in 2011, it's absolutely outrageous. Now, another thing about Ramadan, of course, is the month that supposedly the first revelation of the Quran came down and that's when also the last revelation of the Quran also was revealed to the Prophet of Islam. That's at least Islamic claim. That's what the Quran says. That's what the traditions say. That's what the history and the biography of the Prophet says. I mean, I, I can't really uh, confirm or deny this. Uh, we're relying on Islamic sources to state to you what they believe the significance of that month. And therefore, it is even more important, obviously, for the Muslim person to be able to understand when this month has to be observed. It is another thing about the month of Ramadan. It's the night of power, which supposedly the night when the first revelation of the Quran descended upon the Prophet, or the thought that Quran was brought down from the seventh heaven to the first heaven, at least. You know, there's so many opinions, obviously, typical of Islamic teachings, so many opinions, but yet at the same time, Muslims are dogmatic about the fact that Islam is uniform and monolithic everywhere. You be the judge of that. Nevertheless, that night, uh, there is debate about whether it's the 27th night of the month, the 25th night of the month, the 23rd night of the month, the 21st night of the month. Shia will take it to the 19th night of the month. You know, it's in the odd, uh, basically, nights. But nevertheless, what if you start the month in the wrong day? Is that really going to be the 27th night now? What if you, uh, uh, you know, basically uh, end up finishing the month in the wrong day? How would that fall? You know, so so we're having some serious issues to ponder and to consider here. So you need to really uh, take this uh, basically uh, with a grain of salt. And nevertheless, it is my encouragement for you uh, when you're having this kind of dialogue with Muslims about Ramadan is to gently ask questions like this, because uh, believe it or not, uh, even though uh, you start basically at sunrise and the Quran will tell you in chapter 2, verse 185, that when you are able to see the white thread from the black thread, meaning when the light starts coming, you'll be able to distinguish what is a black thread versus a white thread, right? What if somebody can't see? What if somebody's colorblind? Okay, but nevertheless, you know, that's pretty much what you're asked to do. However, do you know that in parts of the world that 
you go just by calculations when you assume the sun is up or down, or at least you go by the fact that uh, the sun might stay up there for a long time during the day or even for months, like in the uh, uh, basically North Pole, for instance. So how would you fast there? Do you fast according to the nearest town, the nearest uh, country? Do you fast according to uh, Mecca uh, time? Uh, it's not just easy, folks. It's not just that piece of cake. It's not like a straightforward thing. You see why I took you to Leviticus 23 to show you that the Lord is very specific. The Lord is not a Lord of confusion. He is a Lord of order and planning. If he cares for his people and he wants to extend his grace to them and he's given him commands that expect him to obey these commands and fulfill them, he has to be a just and fair God also. If the God of Islam, as it's claimed in the Quran, is the God of the Bible, then there is something went terribly wrong here, because why was he more specific and organized in Old Testament than he is, for instance, when it came to the Quran? And here is another thing that I wanted to mention about Ramadan. According to the Hadith traditions and the sayings of the prophets himself, that the pagan Arabs before the rise of Islam used to fast this month anyway. So how is this Islamic then? If you have people who were not Muslims and people who didn't even follow Muhammad immediately used to fast this month and Islam came and adapted it into Islam, doesn't this mean that Islam took on a pagan practice? Now, I know the pushback. The pushback is like, no, 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 no. This was something that was instituted through Abraham and Ishmael, and it was corrupted by the pagans, and then it was reinstituted. Show me any evidence. Show us any evidence that Abraham or Ishmael even made it to Mecca in the first place. Second of all, that they have fasted one month. In fact, the Quran says that in chapter 2, verse 183, that the fasting was ordained or prescribed to the Muslim people as it was prescribed to those before them. Who are the ones before them? According to the Islam, to the Quran, usually it's the Jews and the Christians. Show us where a fasting of one month was prescribed in the Bible. Now, I understand that there were days that the people were asked in Old Testament to fast, but we're talking about a month here. And also, when it comes to the time of Jesus, show us a single command by Jesus to fast. We know Jesus fasted 40 days in the wilderness. We know that Jesus said about certain demon or demonic uh, spirits that this particular type uh, you can cast about by fasting and praying. But show us a command to fast, a command to fast a month. Now, we know that the Orthodox Church, uh, traditionally, they like also to fast, uh, to start the Lent, basically, and the fasting for 40 days. Great. No one is, you know, upset about this. But you can, I can argue and tell you, show me a command in the scripture. This is modeled after Christ and his practice. But Islam claimed that it was prescribed. Now, of course, all Muslim friends will come back and say, well, see, that's another evidence that your Bible has been corrupted. And the cycle will start again. Show us evidence that the Bible has been corrupted. My goodness, I mean, why is it that every time there is something that Islam teaches that we they cannot substantiate from the Bible, somehow, magically, that teaching disappeared from the Bible? I don't understand it. I really do not understand. When, in fact, the Orthodox Church still observes 40 days of fasting, even though there is no command in there. So, what does that mean? It's obvious that they are modeling after Christ. Nevertheless, fasting is an admirable thing. No one is arguing about the fact that you fast. No one is saying that it's bad for you to fast. But what we're saying is, when it, the Quran makes these kind of like 
uh, you know, egregious claims, we need to really hold their feet to the fire. And in this case, hold the Quran's feet to the fire and ask our Muslim friends to kindly show us when was it prescribed to anyone before them and why does Islam carry on a practice that was d- uh, uh, done by pagans and why is there disagreements about the start and the finish of the month. As you can see, this is just a primer, a teaser. We will revisit this topic, whether individually by myself or maybe even inviting Sam to join us to talk about it. Either way, uh, let's pray for our Muslim friends that this month will be a month of them to uh, meditate on the real uh, uh, truth and the real God and the living God and that the Holy Spirit will convict them in their heart that they will open their minds and thoughts and heart to knowing him, the only true Lord and Savior. Thank you again for joining us. You can always go to our website, international.com to listen to this and the archive and also go to our YouTube channel, Sierra International. Subscribe to it and we thank you so much for your partnership. Until we meet again, have a blessed day. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.